0: listening to Unfiltered with Muhammad, a podcast about personal growth and authentic leadership. If you're looking for tips on how to manage others, get ahead and make your way up the corporate ladder, this is not the show for you. This podcast is about being of service to others, leading from the heart and evolving into a better version of yourself. Each episode brings you motivated stories about unfiltered leadership and authentic leaders, those who involve others, use their influence to amplify diverse perspectives and inspire teams to achieve collective results. If this sounds like you, keep listening. Hello and welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast and welcome to my Unfiltered guest, Caroline Fernandez. Good day to you. Thank you very much for being my guest. And welcome. How are you?
1: Oh, it's such an honor to be um, on this podcast, sharing space with you. I love what you do. And, you know, I align with my heart. So I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm very excited to share this space with you. And I know it sounds cliche, but the honor really is mine. I've been following what you're doing. And, I, you know, we're going to get into this a little later. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to my listeners. I know that you, you your handle on LinkedIn and elsewhere is Caroline Care. For a while, I thought that was your last name. I was like, oh, okay, awesome. And then I realized it's because you really do care. That's part of your persona. And so, you know, without further ado, I'd like for you to explain who you are and who is the person behind the persona. Well, you
1: know, that can be... Um, that can be, that can go in a million ways, but I think that more and more, I think I'm embracing my humanness in this lifetime. And uh, I believe that um, uh, I've known really early on that I had a purpose and a mission. I was in my early teens when I understood. But uh, sometimes there, there requires a certain mature, maturity, maturation, I would say of filtering down of things that one needs to go through in order to build the necessary skills for that vision to see the light. Who am I? I'm a human. I'm a human um, exploring this lifetime. Hopefully uh, being able to open, open my heart and radiate love that comes from the universe and then also being able to serve and support others likewise.
0: And I have no doubt, you, you, you talk as if this is a future tense and I sense that this is something that's already guided what you've been doing and what you are doing. Uh, you know, when I listen to you, when I engage with your posts and, and what you share about your personal life and your professional life, I have no doubt that the community that you've built and the change that you're bringing, you talk about um, addressing the elephant in the room. And so I know you talk about things that may make us feel uncomfortable, but you help us discard the discomfort so that we can actually get to the core that really matters. You talk about, you know, you, you approach what I do as well, you know, leadership development and, and talking about diversity and inclusion, but you, you approach it with such a, a cryptic internalization. It's almost mystical. You know, when, when I when I listen to you and I engage with you, I can feel there's, there's this sense of mysticism, this sense of, you know, you talk about becoming, you talk about, the things that we don't necessarily see because we have to go deeper to get it. And I think that's such a novel approach to understanding who we are because we're not just what is on the surface. We are so much more than what is on the surface. And you peel that back. And when you do, and you talk about removing the layers, you know, and when you do, I think this is where you help people understand that we really do come from a, a same source, right? I want. I would like to ask you, what drives what you do? What, where does this all come from?
1: So I want to backtrack a bit to what you said. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of Deepak Chopra's book *Synchro Destiny*, where he shares that from one human to another, we can never fully touch and fully understand another human being it's it's just not humanly possible Mm. there are parts to someone else that just remain as is and uh, by understanding that we can also understand that there are parts within us as well that we have not discovered about ourselves and I believe maybe this might sound mystical and esoteric uh, and, you know, that's, that's, from our limited small mind, we need to package everything. We need to make sense of everything because making sense of it from our, from our mind space allows us to feel safe. But, uh, you know, growth happens beyond that in the unknown. Um, and so I have always, always been completely enamored by what has not been said in a conversation. And, you know, I think that meditation, I think coaching uh, has allowed me to not just feel into what you just said, you know, those those unstated parts uh, of ourselves that we're not aware of, and even in the collective but also be able to discover the magic in that, and you know, I I believe personally as well as through my work, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of shame, we have a lot of embarrassment around parts of our life experience, and once we start to uh, you know look at those parts, like like really look at them, um, and spend time with them in love and spend time with them in an appreciative inquiry mode, we can start to release the, you know, the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment. And that's how we up level, you know, I think ancient wisdom teaches this so beautifully. We talk about the chakras, we talk about uh, Kundalini yoga, Uh, I know the Chinese talk about how to use and direct chi. And what is all this? It's all energy. Uh, And, you know, to the point around uh, things like hiding hiding parts of ourselves, very often I think we think that we are hiding parts of ourselves from others, but actually we're hiding it from ourselves. ourselves. We're denying it. And the more we do that, the more we experience pain, physical pain, like illness, stress, Mm -hmm. mental stress, lack of sleep uh, and all the other things where, uh, you know, that a time like COVID has sort of, you know, opened up. It's like this big, huge wound and we're looking at it, but it's us, it's us. And so uh, my work is about doing that work, you know, uh, looking at wounds, uh, being able to acknowledge them with love understanding that they are necessary because a lot of times you know our wounds are teachers they're the they're the wisest places to go to and to sit sit down and just kind of you know be silent and allow it to emerge we've come to a point where we have so much distraction consumerism technology um, and everything else that robs us of our um, you know connection with source within us and um, all of my clients know this they keep coming back time and again again time and again and they keep saying you know a lot of times through the work it feels crazy it feels like I remember one client telling me that uh, he felt like he was in a washing machine it was it was you know that, that's the only word that he used. And sometimes it is like that. And it can be scary because you know, the, you spoke about the ego before we got on live, right? The ego, the false mm-hmm. self tries hard to stick around and it does all these things so that we don't grow, we don't evolve. And now more than ever, I think for leaders, business owners, uh, people working together, personal relationships, We are being challenged in a good way, in a powerful way to stay. This time is saying, stay, stay in the house, get comfortable with who you are, get comfortable with people around you. It's hard.
0: Yes, it's painful, I think. And as you talk, and I know the difference in time zone. So you're ending your day, I'm starting my day here in Canada, you're in India. And I wanna come back to that um uh, reality that you are in a place that I haven't visited yet, but it's, I hold this mystical. I hold, you know, when you talk about yoga and chakras and you talk about energy, I'd be remiss not to identify with a certain, um, part of what I understand as, you know, India and without the, the w- w- without the vision that we have put in our, through our understanding of, um, looking at a country through, through the eyes of a Westerner or a stranger, right? I mean, you living within it, but to deny that there is this certain sort of energy that is inherently uh, available to people who are growing within, within this culture, it becomes a lot more accessible. And when you're talking to people who are distanced from going into the home, going into the house, feeling more comfortable, I think when you're surrounded with that energy, and surrounded with that environment, it's a lot easier for you to recognize it. But for people who are distanced from it, and I talk about Western here, so whether we're talking in Europe or in the you know in the States or America or here in Canada, and I and I find it such a prevalent. When I'm having conversations with clients or friends, I talk about our Western mentality. I talk about capitalism. I talk about, and, and I don't judge it. I just talk about that I think the the challenges that we have and that we're re- finally recognizing and it's a reckoning and it is tied to this racial awareness and the racial reckoning that we're going through. It's because we've always embraced that power lies within the masculine, it lies within the alpha male, a, a patriarchal system that demands and commands and um, imposes. And when you speak, there is such a power of the feminine. And here I'm not talking about male, female, I'm not, you know. I know you get into the gender discovery in your work. I'm talking about the masculine and the feminine within us and the need for us to come to peace with the masculine and the feminine. So when you speak, I see, I feel, you talk about feeling, I feel the feminine transcend. And I think the reason we don't have a lot of women Now I talk gender, a lot of women, females in roles of leadership, you know, in in, in the proverbial corner office, right? It's because men have generally walked into the role where they've only skimmed the surface. They've allowed their leadership style to be the dominant, I tell you what to do, do as I say, not as I do. And All of a sudden, it's okay to stay above the surface. But you talk about pain. You talk about the fact that we never immerse ourselves in that knowing and becoming. And so we're always at the surface. And when you go through life just skimming the surface, it becomes difficult and painful because you never get into the reality of who you truly are. And yet, when you speak, you take away those veils. You take away the veils of our identification with a particular gender that limits us to what we think we need to be. And you strip it away to let us get into the house and feel safe and and start that conversation. And as you were talking, and I know I'm going on here, but you were making me feel this. And I've kind of known this, but I I felt it today with a certain clarity that I haven't felt before. I truly say that, and you helped that. So now I'm gonna come to your superpower here. I want to talk about why I felt it was just so easy to see with clarity and feel it from the way that you've explained it. How do you see this transformation with the people that you talk to with your clients?
1: So my work, um, I believe that I embody my work. I believe that um, I've never felt safe in my body and In order to find your voice, in order to express yourself, you you talk about masculine energy and, you know, anyone understanding the power of integrating feminine and masculine also understands that being grounded in one's body is really important. The grounding is from the masculine and the... Feeling of freedom and a sense of creativity comes from the feminine, the nurturing part. And so that, you know, they're they're needed together, which is why, you know, feeling safe has been something that I had to work on. I had to work on huge abandonment wounds, which I think I'm still unpacking but you know, I've done a lot of work through it and then be able to help others do likewise. And a a lot of people don't understand this because we live in a world where where we are operating from our minds. We have disconnected from our bodies. We don't know when we're tired. We don't know how much to eat. Uh, We don't understand posture and hydration. Um, and we don't understand the connection of all of this to up level, to productivity and performance. We think it's woo, we think it's fluff. It's not. There's a lot of research uh, right from Harvard to some of the best universities and you know medical research centers to now start to show how uh, famous basketball players have started to embrace this in the U.S understanding the value of honoring your body and feeling safe is one of the most fundamental things that we have forgotten. So to your point, I help people remember. I help people remember who they are because it's, it's not like we don't have it. It's just that we don't know. We have, you know, all these things right from childhood that we've been told do this, you're this, do that, you got to do this Mm. to get there. And it's always from the paradigm of have, have. If I have this, then I am that. But this paradigm is you have to be and then do. Mm. So that is a shift from have, do be, to be, do have.
0: Wow. It, it really is through action and not through possession. Uh, amazing. Caroline, tell me about your community of courage and vulnerability. So uh, I, I know that this is part of a book that you've I believe is a book that you've collaborated with others, but it's also a community and it's also a mindset or maybe I should say a heart set. So tell me about that how what you do and how it impacts you personally. And how you bring that level of self-awareness to your conversations with the people that you, that you help and the people that you empower.
1: So there are two, maybe three things that I want to kind of bring into, you know, what you've just introduced. The first is uh, a conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago with uh, a cohort from uh, a London-based university. And I was talking to them about an upcoming project, which you already know about as well. And... you know, someone from the cohort, they're really young, they're about 19, I think. But I love the power in the room. I believe that the millennials and Gen Alpha are going to teach us a thing or two about who we are. Um, I see that in my son, the way he demonstrates his soul so confidently. And uh, this person asked me, how do you how do you create a safe space like you can talk about it but how do you create a safe space and you're talking about community so now i'm going to go on to the second piece so when uh, around the time that my son was born it was a really really hard time for me personally and uh, it really shook me but it was a it was a an earth shattering phase that allowed me to think of You know, people like Oprah, I've always been super inspired by Oprah, because I believe that uh, she uses her her story as strength, not as a weakness Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and she was able to turn that around to empower herself and then radiate that for people to feel that they're not alone They don't need to lose hope and they have to keep going. And I said, that's me, you know, I I identified with those things in her. And I said, I want to do that. You know, I want to be that. And I want to do that for other women, women who have lost their voice, women who don't know that they have a voice. And that's, that was the time I promised that I would start something for other women who have lost their way, you know, can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And many moons passed since then. And only in 2014, which is now seven years ago, is the time that I transitioned out of Hewlett Packard. That was my last corporate job. Everything again had come to a point where my whole identity was ripped apart in 2014. And that's when I said, no more excuses. This is it. I have to start this community, this thing. I didn't even know what it was. I could see something in my mind, and um, you know, I, I I pray, I meditate, and I was uh, given this message in a dream of a word. Uh, you asked me what that was. Vibhā, V I B H A, is a Sanskrit word. I don't speak Sanskrit. I wasn't born and brought up in India. Mm. Um, and, you know, the long story short, in the dream, um, someone's telling me that my home is Vibha, you know, the light at the end of this, this muck of a road that I saw in my dream. And when I woke up, I googled it and I realized Vibha is a Sanskrit word, which means cosmic light. And I thought that was so powerful. I said, wow, you know, I I can't turn this down. This is something here. So that's what I call the community. It started out, uh, it was, I think, a dissected version of a 2010 mission that I knew that I have to create, which I'm currently doing. Uh, and Becoming You is, is, um, is an evolution uh, of that expression. I think, um, I think we are all expressing ourselves, whether we know it or not. Even our silence is an expression. And um, the community, my work uh, you know, in coaching, uh, I think these are sacred spaces. I believe they're sacred spaces. And uh, I always wanted to kind of write my book. Uh, and so in 2019, when I started to do that, I started to realize that because a sense of belongingness is so important for me as an inclusion champion and listening has been something that I didn't learn as a child and that I had, to, I had to unlearn a lot of beliefs around respect, around um, listening as an adult. Um, inclusion has been very important. And then I thought I'd be lying to myself if this book was just all about me, it's not. And so this book is layered. And so I said, I'm gonna invite in people that I know, people whose work and life I honor as much as they do me into this conversation for them to open their hearts up, likewise, and talk about their stories. What happened? How did they get to realize that they need to do this work? And uh, through that, I remember Andrada, our editor said, she read all the stories. She, she came back to me and she said, this isn't enough. I need to feel you. And I was like, I have shame around some parts of my story. And I don't know if I, you know, I can bring that out. And she said, your mission is to inspire other humans who are going through similar things. And I sat back and said, I would be doing a disservice through this book if I were hiding parts of myself because of my shame. And so the book has been extremely healing for me because I had to go into memories that I thought I had forgotten, and which have been very painful for me, but also very, very liberating because I went there and I sat with it. And I, you know, I've shared so much of that in this book. And then the authors came back. So Joy and Brian came back, and they wanted to, you know, we we were talking and we said this can't be enough. So the book is just the first step, we want to open this up, we want to have and invite readers to look within themselves and look at places that maybe they've not visited in a while, or maybe never, and then invite them into a conversation. And, um, you know, over the last couple of sessions that we've had, they have been so powerful. Uh, I think I've cried in every session, it's been so, so, you know, it, it, it just touches me that the stories can trigger heart, more heart. Just when you think, you know, you're done, it's over, there's more heart coming through, there's more feeling, there's more, you know, of breakthroughs. I have goosebumps while I say this. And so the intention is to remind ourselves and each other that we're human, you know, and even in business, it's all about this connection. It's all about the vulnerability and about understanding that it's okay, wherever we are, we're okay.
0: So Kieran, how do you get people who aren't okay, people who find it very difficult to embrace these vulnerable parts, maybe even look to them as superficial or they don't exist or they mock them, right? And, and, And here I'm thinking of we, we, we all start from a place of, uh, of ignorance, ignorance because we just don't know, right? We, mm-hmm. When we come into this world, we, we, we forget what we may have experienced before we, we came into this being and into these bodies. And when we grow, we don't actually grow and learn more. I think We start forgetting more of who we are because we start packing on to our existence and our persona, what we think we are and everything that's so external and what we own, we become our possessions as opposed to our being. And so we grow up believing that we are this superficial persona that, you know, we don't dive deep into who we are and we allow ourselves to be exalted and then ignorance becomes arrogance, right? And how do you have a discussion with, and no disrespect because I've been there, I I get there sometimes even in my process of knowing, but how do you take that arrogance and strip away that ego and tame it so that it can enter the room with you and have the discussions that allow you to become who you need to become? How do you make people feel comfortable doing that?
1: So, you know, I believe that um, on a personal level, on a one-on-one level, a soul, a human, a person can only be transformed when they are ready and what that means that readiness could mean anything from adversity, loss, struggle, which usually is you know a place where the soul starts to stir yet at the same time if, if we are in a room and you know it's usually easier to uh, identify someone else's shadow but not our own. Mm. And so these days, and it's a really hard process, because I get triggered all the time as well. You know, there are times when, uh, you know, the whole meditation and coaching goes out the window. But because I've been practicing for about eight years, I'm able to come back into myself, center myself uh, so much uh, quicker um, and with observation. Uh, as a role. Uh, But I say all that to say this, compassion. I think that understanding that I'm no more or no less than another human, that I'm capable of anything and everything that another human is capable of um, frees me of the need to change someone else. And this is a very, very hard thing to do because people very close to me uh, you know i might i might be able to see energetically what's going on even without them saying anything and feel into it yet you know the idea of rescuing someone is actually doing a disservice to them we can hold space for and this is my belief we can hold space for whatever is unfolding we can uh, you know lead by example but the biggest feeling that comes through is compassion understanding that it's okay and it's mm. very hard it's a very very hard place to be
0: you know what i just appreciated so much in what you said we talk about getting there we talk about our journey of arrival we're always taught you know you know go to school get good grades then go to school again, and get a good job, then finish school and get a good partner, then you know, start your family. We're always taught about these destinations. And unfortunately, we arrive at these destinations thinking that they're final, but they're trans, they're, they're transitions. And you know, and I and I speak from the sense that we our destinations become the things that we own. Whether they're the jobs or the degrees or, or or the homes or the cars or the amount of money we have in our pockets, and we're taught that these are the final destinations, and we don't recognize that the journey and the becoming, the ongoing becoming. Because you know, when you said triggers, and I still, you know, and I don't think you used the word struggle, but for me, a trigger, you know, liberates that struggle, and struggle can be ugly, it can be powerfully. It could can, it can powerfully take me away from where I'm trying to get to and hold me back, right? And it triggers sometimes when you don't recognize them and then try to make peace with them, they overcome you. And I think it just, the ripple effect is you become less of who you need to become. Where I'm going with this is many of us believe that we get to a certain age or stage and we've arrived and, you know, and are becoming we're always going to have those triggers, whether we're 20, 40, 60, 80, right? And they're okay. The triggers are okay. What you said and what really resonates is the reason we practice these skills, the reason we get on a bike and get better at riding the bike and then go hands-free is our reaction time and then our response time becomes a lot more controllable it you know to use a word it, it's it's a quicker process it's a process that happens more quickly so i don't get triggered and then remain in my unknowing and my disdain and my arrogance for days or months or years i recognize my trigger i can name it and i can say wait a minute this is not healthy this is not where i need to go and so I, the reason i share this is i'm somebody who's very impulsive i'm learning to become better and I want people to know, I want the listeners to know that it's okay, you know, no matter how successful I'm quoting, I'm quoting here, you think you are, no matter how much you've experienced, no matter what your age and your ex- expertise, you will always have a state of becoming where you will be triggered and you will behave in ways that maybe are lesser than who you think you are. And that's okay but where you grow and you become more wise is when you can take that window of reaction, turn it into a window of response and take the trigger and bring it narrower so that you can right a wrong faster. You can make something good. Your learning process, your learning journey is more immediate because you know we all deal with one thing here on this earth and that's the, the finite reality of time. I don't have two years to react to a trigger. I can't get in a fight with a sibling and then react and lose my temper and then let it go for two years before I write that wrong. I can't have an outburst at work with a colleague and let that conflict persist and grow and actually eat away at me, right? I need to recognize those triggers and write a wrong. What I'd like to ask of you With the people that you talk about to talk to and help and help them to uncover who they are, what's one thing that you can share with my listeners that can help them recognize the triggers better and make the reaction or the response time more beneficial to their healing time?
1: I think um, it's a process. I think you know a lot of times uh, I get people asking me tell me something that I can do uh, to fix it right now. And I, I you know, I tell them that uh, I can give you a quick fix solution, but uh, the work is is transformational. And, you know, it's like, I was just talking to a, a client who signed up today, in fact, a few hours back. And I was explaining to him, he asked me, you know, because I brought up two different parts of my life, which one will get impacted first? And I said, you know, we've been conditioned to uh, believe that our personal life and our professional life are separate, because that's, that makes us feel safe, you know, when we think we can compartmentalize. But the reality is, that's not true. If, if you have something going on uh, in your life, and how you will know it to your, to your question is the way you feel in that moment, you know, if you're not at peace, if you're stressed, if you're thinking about it all the time, if you aren't focused in the moment, if you, uh, not medical advice, but if you get sick a lot, like, especially, you know, repetitive calls and things like that, uh, a lot of this, and I'm, You know, just uh, sharing this at a very, very high level uh, will go back to your breath. Will go back to uh, your your the gut of your health of your gut, Uh, and you know a lot of people will know this, but a lot of people won't. That your brain and your gut have a similar structure, and there is consciousness that uh, you know they have come to realize is aware and alive in your gut, just like your brain. And now also in your heart, there are neurons around your heart, which is why, you know, when you're, when you're meditating and you're, you're doing inner you know, work, uh, a lot of times they will tell you to get a gut detox, a cleanse, primarily because when you eat less, Uh, Your intuition is heightened. The theta state that is necessary for you to tap into your intuition. And this is real stuff. You can't make this up.
0: This is the chakras that...
1: uh, That's a part of it. Yeah, yeah. that's a part of it as well. And so where I'm going with this is um, emotions. Let's take something as simple as your emotions. Your emotions are energy, right? and the energy that's trapped in your body like through the work uh, you know we we look at where is love so you know where if you've got some discomfort in your chest or maybe in in your face or your neck and that's usually connected with a memory but you don't know that and so in the present moment when you're triggered that subconsciously takes you into that memory and you're acting out from there, from that space, because you haven't healed. And so to anyone who is interested in doing the work, I think the first thing to recognize and acknowledge is that um, this isn't an overnight process. It cannot be, one step at a time. If you're in the moment and something is happening to you, at least you believe it's happening to you and not for you, I would suggest you slow down and take some nice deep breaths. Just breathe into your body and relax. Allow your body temple to just relax. And the second thing is that there are a lot of practices uh, and these aren't mental. My work isn't about free association the way therapy is. It's about getting into the body and understanding how to release memories, trapped emotions, Bad energy that's holding you stuck and you know holding you back, but that's a short answer.
0: And that that's a powerful answer, you know. And I don't know if you noticed that as we were talking about breathing, it just came so natural that I had to pause. And you know, we talk about compartmentalization, you know, putting ourselves into pieces, and we we have to be careful here. The society where I grew up believes in the dominance and the uh the dominance and the superiority of the brain or the mind over the rest of the body and looks at the inferiority of the heart, which is tied to emotions, amazing, right? What pumps and keeps us alive and pumps and feeds the brain. So this the emotions is the energy that keeps us alive, but we hold it as superior as, as inferior. And mind you here, and then I think you, you, you can understand this as well, because the, the brain is higher, the heart is lower. And now you look at the gut and even the word gut, and you know, when you said it, I had to fight hard not to recognize this basin where things are piled and, and food is ripped and separated, right? I, I had, you know, when I can appreciate that my gut is not only a place where my nutrients are meeting and mixing and then separating and what feeds me and keeps me alive is, is being, you know, it, it's a process of deliverance and a process of taking things away to give me the things that I need. And that's what feeds the intuition. And I know as somebody who fasts regularly, I know just how astute I am when I'm fasting. And people see to me, oh, don't you get tired? I said, no, like my brain is just so on when my gut is so off. Because right? yeah. I'm not focusing, you know, we have an expression in Arabic, you know, when you focus on your stomach, you, you know, you forget what's in your brain. And so here's the thing, and, and again, through my spiritual beliefs and my meditation, when I bow, when I bow to the earth, now what is normally above my heart is now below my heart. Not only is that physically beneficial for me, but to serve the ego that is always elevating my, my sense of n- knowing through my brain, it's taking that brain, taking that spirit, that mind and putting it below the heart. And it, it's subjugating me to something that's more powerful and that's understanding the emotion and the source of where that emotion is. So, you know, as, as you speak and as you say that it's so important for us not to rip apart the different parts that bring, make us whole, but it's more recognizing. And, I, you know, that's part of the becoming. You know that I could have these conversations with you forever hours. And, you know, this only makes me realize why I need to get on these calls with you more often. But I want to thank you today for your insight. I want to thank you for the journey that you've allowed me to, you know, to awaken to awake on this beautiful day. We have a lot of snow here in Canada today, but you've grounded me. You've, you know, you've grounded me. You've given me a, a certain amount of peace and comfort and happiness. And I think in these conversations, that is probably one of the goals, is to find that peace and internal happiness because it can ground us. It can help us become more of who we need to become, recognize who the real you within each one of us is. And that's part of the courage and the vulnerability, I think, is to recognizing who we need to become, is who we already are, if we can just listen and find that peace to find ourselves. I wanna thank you today. I want to thank you so much for sharing, for your insight, for your spirit, and for the love that you've shared with me and my listeners today. Thank you,
1: Caroline. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. Uh, you have so much power and grace uh, in you know in your in your energy. You just exude it, and I feel you on so many levels. Um, I'm so honored to be invited into this conversation by you and you know uh, to appreciate all of your viewers as well. One last thing as a request uh, to everyone watching in is uh, if you can make the time to walk up to a mirror and just look into your own eyes and just stop whatever you're doing and just say out loud to yourself, I love you. And let me go further to say that for many, many people, including clients, they break down. It's a very hard process. But keep going. Uh, It's a very powerful technique. Look into your eyes. Don't look at your face. Just look into your eyes deeply and take yourself in. And on that note, thank you so, so much. Big love.
0: Blessings to you. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered, the show about authentic leadership and personal growth. Like what you heard? Click subscribe, share it, and tell a friend about it. And don't forget to leave a rating.